So if you go to a you know accredited higher education institution and you need assistance, Oneida is there to help its tribal members. And because of that, I was able to graduate college debt-free, which not many people can say. Welcome to the New Money Podcast, where we have life and money conversations to help increase the financial well-being of UW-Green Bay students and the Northeast Wisconsin community. New Money also helps students advance their knowledge and career opportunities in the financial advisory profession. The show is sponsored by the Charles Schwab Foundation Center for Personal Financial Planning at the Coffrin School of Business. I am your host, Dr. Preston Cherry, director of the center, head of the financial planning program, and CFP professional. All right, let's chop it up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the New Money Podcast. We have another special guest here talking about personal finance and how it has uh, affected uh, his life and in the inspired the work he's doing now with his community and the people on the Oneida Reservation. It's quite fascinating. I met with uh, Vice President of Bay Bank, Nathan King. He's a GB alum, and I met with him over the summertime, and he has a fabulous story that you just have to hear. And his arc between growing up or at least coming up in this area, Northeast Wisconsin, and then still remaining and making tremendous impact on the human development on people's lives through access to banking, access to personal finance, access to business. And it's just a phenomenal story. So Nathan, thank you so much for, you know, your work here in this area and making such an impactful life and coming by the campus of GB, uh, the Center for Financial Planning. And just thank you so much for all you do and for being here. Uh, welcome to the cast. Absolutely. It was great to see you this summer. And I tell you, there's a lot of a lot of changes that happened on campus in the 20 years since I graduated and, and definitely all for the better. Yeah. So thank you so much. So, yeah. So when you came on campus. Right. So let's uh, let's let's start there. You're coming up, you know, in this area and you had a vision for yourself. Uh, so some of the people that are listening to uh, this cast uh, will be students or young people. So having an aspiration for their lives and even for, you know, people that are uh, developing their lives as grownups. Right. You know, having this vision for one's life. So being a GB alum, being from around this area. You know, what vision did you have for yourself and when did that come along? Well, I was born and raised in Oneida. I went to uh, Seymour Public School and went to UWGB. And as far back as I can remember and talking with my mom and, and dad, it was something that I've always expressed as wanting to go on to college and, and to pursue, you know, a secondary education and when I got to UWGB, I didn't know really what I wanted to to explore. Took a lot of different classes. And one class that really kind of resonated with me was a sociology class. And that was really what led me to my major, which is urban regional studies. And understanding community, community planning, community development was just something that really struck me and stayed with me. And from that point, I majored in urban regional studies. There was a minor that was offered in American Indian studies. And I, I took that because I wanted to learn more about 
just the macro level of American Indian politics and understanding communities. And they really blended well for me and to pursuit of, of my aspirations to be involved in the community, especially around community development and community planning. And when I graduated UWGB, I was fortunate enough to get a job right away in the Oneida Nation Planning Department. Okay. Met some wonderful people there and started working on community development planning, comprehensive planning, and, and really looking at it from a from a large scale of how do we plan for the future for the Oneida Nation. Mm, mm. Tell me how seeing your community when growing up, right, and community development, what did you experience, particularly with like resource access, you know, money, you know, uh, when you're planning a community and the things that you experienced as a young person and then coming up, how did you want to mend those two or close the gap and say, you know, after I graduated, after you took a, a liking to community development and all that, and then your own experiences with, you know, access to money, you coming up, how did you want to just take that forward? How did, how did what you experienced early influence what you were, are you doing now? Yeah, it's really interesting to grow up the way I grew up. I grew up, you know, in poverty and parents were able to qualify for assistance. And and so that has always been kind of a driving force for me to know that that's how I grew up. That's not how I always wanted to live my life. And I felt higher education was one of those driving factors to become a little bit more secure, financially secure in my life. And when you work on comprehensive planning and one of the things you you learn about very quickly is the resource allocation. And, you know, coming from Oneida, Oneida has a Oneida casino. And so mm-hmm. people believe and feel there's a lot of resources available to the community. And that's really not the case. Oneida has a lot of programs and a lot of, lot of needs in the community. And so they really go through a, a pretty in-depth process to allocate the resources that they have and try to really prioritize those needs really around housing, healthcare, uh, education. And, you know, learning that and understanding that from those in the United community, you know, really made me kind of understand a lot more about resource allocation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's phenomenal. And do you see it being transformed? I, I, this is a softball question, but, but you know, it seems like it could be so transformative in people's lives, particularly how Bay Bank works right there on, on the Oneida Reservation and you're providing those access, providing those resources, businesses, you know, services to, you know, those that need everyday services in their, in their money lives and also some financial education. So in your experience in, right, right now, how transformative are those ingredients when you place them in the community? Well, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when you think back to 1995, when Bay Bank was started, Oneida was one of a few shareholders in the bank. And in 2001, they became the sole shareholder of the bank. And so there's been this mission to serve uh, the Oneida community and Native communities since the founding of the bank. And when you have that mission, and that's really what you are focused on, 
and you work with your community and you're from your community, it certainly presents, you know, unique opportunities for me being from here to work with my community. And I feel like a real sense of pride being able to do that. And Bay Bank can really transform people's lives in a lot of different ways. When you think back to, you know, the purpose of the bank, one of the reasons why Oneida wanted to to start the bank was to provide financial access to the community. And in particular, when you think one of those products that they really focused on in the beginning was a mortgage lending product. It was called the HUD-184. It's a federal loan guarantee for Native Americans on tribal lands. Mm-hmm. And an order, uh, one way to build wealth, obviously, is through home ownership. Mm-hmm. And Oneida was in a need to develop more homes, to provide more access to financing for homes. But one of the challenges that Oneida faced and many other Native communities face across the country is you can't place a lien directly on some of the tribal properties. They are prohibited um, because the land is held in a different status than what you or I might normally hold it in. So they have this, this status called a trust status. And that, you know, doesn't allow the normal encumbrances on, on property. But Bay Bank has spent the time, you know, through their wonderful people that work here to figure out how do we actually provide a mortgage on tribal trust property and feel comfortable that, you know, if something were to go wrong, that we can take, you know, the you know, have all the collateral requirements in place. And they figured that out. So when you talk about being transformative, it really has allowed Bay Bank, you know, they have over $100 million and nearly $100 million, I should say, in HUD-184 mortgages. And that's to specifically mortgages to Native borrowers across uh, the Great Lakes area. So we're figured out how to, to take and borrow to Native American borrowers on land that would be prohibited in a normal transaction. And we're helping Native people and Native communities build wealth through home ownership. So mm-hmm. that is a tremendous way that Bay Bank has been transformative. Wow, that's incredible. It goes to show you that when resources and money in particular are invested in communities and then combined with personhood, you know, being heard, being seen, being valued. What you, what do you value, right? So are you being engaged with, connected with, and then that builds that trust factor. And then what's truly transformative is that okay, they say okay, somebody believes in us. We connect with these resources, and then now the individual says, you know, I, I can take it from here, and I can see a new vision for me and my community. Do you see? That people are now saying, okay, because uh, somebody like Nathan King is from the Oneida place for the reservation, excuse me, and and has been through the system and now is coming back and giving back. I can do that, too, with not only my life, but also my personal finances and my aspirations. Are you seeing that? I certainly hope so. You know, I certainly want to serve as a role model and, and to be present in the community to you know, let people know that, hey, 
I'm from here. I'm no different than, than you are. Uh, mm-hmm. And where we come from, we, we share the same values and the same upbringings. And, you know, we certainly share a similar mission in providing back to the United community. And that's something that I've always felt very strongly about is to serve and to give back. One of the things that Oneida has done for its members is pay up to $20,000 per year for higher education. Oh, wow. So if you go to a, you know, accredited higher education institution and you need assistance, Oneida is there to help its tribal members. And because of that, I was able to graduate college debt-free, which not many people can say. And because of that, I feel a sense of community and purpose to give back to my community. Uh, They've helped me get through college and they helped me uh, get started in my professional life. And I certainly want to serve as a role model and to show people that, hey, you can do these things. You can go to school. You can find a good job and you can find a way to give back to the United community, whether mm-hmm. you know it's it's working for Oneida, it's working for one of the corporations that they have like I do. And certainly, you know, me being from here, a bank owned by Oneida, it certainly lends a lot of um, value to them to say, hey, there's a guy like me that looks like me that's from the community. And hopefully they they feel that value and would come and support the work that we're doing here and and the work we're doing in the community. Yeah, for sure. It's a phenomenal thing. You know, seeing it and believing it and being able to do it is phenomenal. What would you say, you know, top of mind as far as because you're a big supporter of based on our conversations, a big financial education, right? Pass on that information. And you've already established that leading with, you know, life and financial compassion, you know, understanding people, connecting with people, listening to them, knowing their story is the gateway to offering financial education so it can increase the probability that it be accepted and then better decisions are made and then aspirations are accomplished. What is top of mind out there as far as financial education? You know, what are people wanting to know as far as their money is concerned in their household? You know, it's really interesting. Uh, there's a wide range of education and, and the spectrum of what people bring to the bank. Uh, you have people that want to know, like, how much is my credit card? What is my interest on my credit card? What is the interest I'm going to earn, you know, on, on my savings? Or what? how much am I actually paying for this loan? So there, the range is from people that don't know anything to, hey, how much am I paying in interest? And can I pay things faster to lower that cost? And one of the interesting things that we're seeing is we opened up a new bank branch on the Menominee Indian Reservation. And that community did not have a bank branch prior to us opening up a bank branch in that community. And we're seeing a lot of credit deficiencies in that community. But that's not scaring us away to providing uh, lending to that community in the form of consumer loans. So they still have needs. They still have desires in that community, whether it's owning a house or owning a a boat or an RV or, or a UTV. And us being in that community a little over a year and a half now, we're learning that not everybody 
has the financial education, but that does not mean we need to deter them from finding the, you know, getting the resources they need to improve their lives. One of the things that we've been doing is looking and learning about being in a new community. We're learning that, hey, not everybody, we're seeing a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of troubles around repayments in the healthcare space you know, when they go to uh, medical emergencies and things like that. So we're seeing a lot of that in this new community. And it exists here in Oneida as well. And we're looking at trying to find ways to adjust our lending product to not account for some of Mm -hmm. the non, you know, some of those medical collections, because those can take can be so problematic for people to borrow money when they need it. And so we're, so we're adjusting our, our lending practices to take that into account. And we've been able to help a lot of people with used cars, for example. You know, we live in a rural community. Our third branch is in a rural community. And people need access to a vehicle. They need access to get around, whether that's to work to go grocery shopping for their family, to go to a, a medical appointment. And one of the things that, that we're doing is we provide financial education to our borrowers around what is repayments, what is the interest rates. And we do that on a one-on-one basis. And we don't do it in a, like a formal manner where we have this class and we sit you down. <laughs> and we, we try to make it really practical, like, Hey, when you, if we're, we're going to borrow you some money on, on, on a, on a used car and we'll do on occasion, we'll do up to 100% financing on a used car because we believe that in our community, a a car is, is necessary. And we want those people to get around to, to get to their job, like I mentioned. And we'll talk to them about what it takes to, you know, to have a checking account what it takes to make those repayments and the options available to do that and how that impacts their credit score. And then from there, they build credit, they're able to get a better rate and you know they establish relationships with the financial institution. And that leads to more trust between us and the customer. And we're able to really extend you know, more lending to them as we learn about them and they learn about us. Yes, yes. Um, oh, I got chills, right? You can't see it. But, but you, you said a, a couple of great things in there, which was the T word, which is trust mm-hmm. and the way that you obtain that trust. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned how you go about, you know, compassionately delivering the education, which then takes hold because of the way you did it. It wasn't through a, a class or, or anything. It was it was that one on one connectivity or if it's in a small group or something like that, it, it, it means it's uh, you, you made it comfortable for people to receive the information and bring down a, maybe a potential wall between the institution and the, and the community or even within themselves. Have people told you like, you know, have they shared with you that that trust is a big deal and. And because of that trust, it allowed them to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. They have said that they can go into another institution and they don't feel welcomed. Uh, They don't feel like they're being cared for. And when they come to Bay Bank, they feel the opposite. They feel welcomed. They feel cared for. And the awesome thing about it is they're able to see people that look like them 
and that they are from their community. One of the things that we did when we opened up our Brink branch in Menominee was we made a deliberate effort to hire people from that community. Uh, we felt that was an important factor in establishing that trust with the community. Uh, it would have been one thing to bring in people from Oneida and from Green Bay to go work in that community, but they wouldn't have led to building the relationships that we have, that we have established, you know, and a lot of it is because we felt hiring people from that community was an important way to establish trust. And mm -hmm. that is really one of the big factors that has led to the growth in that community for our bank branch. Uh, we have opened up in a year and a half, we have opened up over 300 deposit accounts. Many of them are first time customers of the bank that they didn't have bank accounts elsewhere. So when you talk about, you know, transformative again, we're able to demonstrate that trust. We had people from the community that work there. And that has allowed us to uh, bring in new customers that didn't have a banking relationship previously. And so, yeah, so all of that has been feedback we received from the community. And it certainly plays a part in how, we, how we're gonna move forward is, and continue to build this and establish trust. Yeah, and make some more stories and transformational stories. Yeah, one of our first customers of the bank had, was, had a wonderful job, went to a credit union, didn't feel like they were getting the service that they wanted. And within the first month of us being open, they came to the bank, they had bought two brand new vehicles and their debt to income ratio, their, their income was phenomenal. And any bank would be happy to have them, but they didn't feel welcomed and they didn't feel like a bank could, that they could trust, uh, get the trust at another community. And so we were able to, you know, bring in some really great customers in that situation. And they've continued to expand the relationship at Bay Bank. And now they're doing some entrepreneurial work where they're doing some snow plowing and lawn cutting. So we got some business loans to them. And so, yeah, so we're, we're seeing that feedback. We're, we're hearing that feedback that they just val felt valued by, by us and the people that work for Bay Bank. <laughs> wow. Wow. It seems simple, Nathan, but it does have one of the hardest things to do is yeah. to create, you know, that environment of what you just said, being belonged, heard, valued, and listened to and appreciated yeah. um, in order to make those transformative uh, experiences. Speaking of transformation, we're coming at time here in a little bit, but uh, transformation and stories. So which one of yourself, you know, that you experienced with money, you coming up, and then you see that, you know, the outcome or the experience of that story still carrying forward to you now to this day. I would say the thing that still sticks with me, and it's something that I do every day, and it's just kind of ingrained in me, is to be to be compassionate with, with people and to be empathetic and to listen to what's going on. We don't know everybody's story, right? And when you meet them, that... They might be having a having a rough day, or they might be having the greatest day, and we don't we don't really know that. And you know, me uh, seeing a lot of different situations growing up, and being in different uh, situations, you learn that you can't always know what the other person is feeling. And so, if you can lead with compassion and be empathetic, and no matter what 
the situation holds. That has stuck with me, and that's how I continue to interact with people here at the bank and people that work here at the bank and people that I meet every single day. Yeah, I mean, those, that's, it's game changing. It's, it's game changing. The words that you, we already know we we're going to name the podcast with some of the things that you've shared and particularly some of the things that you've seen uh, in your life, your arc of life, what you're doing now with the bank to make so much impact on the community, transformation in people's lives, you know, those trust factor, the empathy, all of that can be, is the human discovery of individuals so they, you know, they open themselves up to concepts of financial education, which is access and resources in order to just improve the whole overall human condition. Because a lot of people ask, well, what does that have to do with the money? And I think you've laid out quite clearly what those components mean to partnering up with money so you can advance, you know, in your human aspirations. Because without that arc, we don't have that. And we have so many examples like, well, you know, we have examples of yourself and you have so many stories to back that up. One last thing, when those things are in place, um, do you see people being more plugged in and engaged with their money? You know, after they that first initial stage about being connected with, with that financial compassion, do they have their aha moments? You know, it's like, ah, okay, I can do this thing now. I can open up a business. I can I can go on and, and achieve my aspirations. Uh, that our moment, that our moment, are, are, are they having those? Absolutely. You know, money, money and banking can be so personal, right? And if you can establish those, those relationships with people, that leads to, to more discussion. And then you start to learn they didn't have the greatest credit, you know, when they were young or they made some mistakes when they were young for whatever reason, right? We all, we all make mistakes. And then they start to realize like, Hey, if I had made a better choice, I would be in a different position. And they start to realize, like, I want to open up a business or I want to get a better car or I want to get in a house. What are the things that I need to do to do that? Do I need to start, you know, getting better credit or, you know, start paying off some of my debt? What do I need to do? And so you start to see those aha moments where people don't want to rent anymore and they want to get into home ownership and and things like that. And when you see that, it's amazing. And we're certainly going to do what we can to help those folks that have those aha moments and want to move forward in life. Because when they're moving forward in life, the community is a better place. Absolutely. Well, couldn't have said it best. I mean, right there, you said it, you said all, they said it perfectly. You put a bow on this uh on this on this gift of an episode I, we appreciate you nathan uh, thank you for you know your continued contributions to the menominee reservation oneida reservation just northeast wisconsin because i know that uh, everyone's doing business with bay bank too that's just not from that from from the reservations so just thank you thank you for being an alum i appreciate you and you know we're gonna we're gonna be partnering up to, to continue this this magic forward uh any last thoughts Oh, I look forward to it. I appreciate you thinking of me and uh, I had a great time. Cool beans. Thank you for being here. All right, everyone. If you like what you heard, please like and subscribe to the episode. We'll be coming back with a, another episode soon. So until then, we'll talk then. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in and chopping it up with me, your host, Dr. Cherry, and our guest on the New Money Podcast. We hope this episode brought impact and insight to your journey. 
New Money is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. Phoenix Studios executive producer is Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick. Our graphic designer is Kimberly Valise. If you haven't already, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website at uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out our past episodes of this and all our shows. Thanks for listening. The information shared in this recording and biased guest represents the guest views and opinions and does not represent the views or opinions of the host, guest, or university. The content has been made for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not, nor is intended to be, a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. 